0: I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplified. Hello, hello, amplify You, Michelle Abraham, your host here today, and I'm so excited, you guys. I've got an incredible guest for you. Not only are we going to talk, uh, talk about an Ask the Expert topic today, all about retreats, but we're also going to share a little bit of behind the mic because my guest today has not one but two podcasts. So uh, let me introduce you to Ann Gordon. Hey, Anne, how are you doing? Hey, Michelle, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome, Amplify You family. Let me share a little bit more about Anne with you. So Anne's been running her successful whale and dolphin wisdom retreats since 2007. Don't those sound fantastic. I can't wait to hear more about them. Um, She shares the wisdom of the dolphins and whales through transformational retreats to spend time with and deepen your spiritual connection with the natural world. So she's a retreat success coach who loves to share her uh, comprehensive knowledge and experience of leading success. And lucrative retreats for the last 15 years with coaches, healers, and transformational leaders. She is dedicated to empowering you easily as six figures to their business by leading transformational retreats. Now, doesn't that sound like something? That's something I've always wanted to do and haven't done it yet. And we just we just shared that's probably one of the main reasons that you hear all the time is because what, what if nobody shows up, right? That's right. a, that's a yes. real fear, right? Yes, <laughs> it <does> is. Work? <laughs> so what do you say to your clients that, that say, well, what if nobody shows up?
1: Well, you want, what I tell them is you need to follow a retreat success system mm-hmm. so that you set yourself up for success. And one of the biggest mistakes I see people make around that is they don't give themselves enough time to promote that retreat. So, for example, if you're leading a week-long retreat, then I've I've seen people where they had a retreat going to Thailand and they give themselves two months to promote it. It's like that's nowhere near enough time. Mm -hmm. Because some people, if your audience works a regular job, they have to schedule their vacation time a year in advance. Right. Right. So I give uh, people nine to 12 months to fill a retreat, promote your retreat. So people have time to schedule their lives, their childcare, their elder care, their pet sitter, their vacation, everything in their life they have to juggle. And it also gives them time. Sometimes they need the time to raise the money for the retreat because a retreat is not a lower priced item. And so the more time you give them to
0: promote and say, yes, the more likely you will fill the retreat. Oh my gosh. So now we're talking about retreats and you jumped right into the topic of retreats. Let's maybe let's back it up for a second for our audience. Yeah. And maybe he's like, maybe like, what the heck are you talking about? A retreat? What does that look like? They're not used to being in this kind of space, not really heard right. about these retreats. Why would, why would we want to do a retreat? And what, like what, what is a retreat?
1: Yeah. Great question. And. Yeah, in the coaching industry, I see the word retreat used really kind of loosely. It's like people using retreats for a three-day sales event right. or a deliverable where it's just content, 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 or more of a workshop, not what I would call a retreat. When I'm talking about retreats, I'm talking about a destination. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, an obvious one is Costa Rica for a yoga retreat. Sounds good. <laughs> where, right. And so or Bali or Italy or something really magical where it's more about experiences than delivering PowerPoint content so that the experiences you may have a goal or a theme. Say, for example, you're doing a writer's retreat in Tuscany. Yes, you're going to have time for writing, but you're also going to go out and have powerful experiences and maybe do some wine t- tasting and maybe visit some castles and little villages so that you are inspired as a writer, not just sitting in a room writing, which you could do in Minneapolis, right? It doesn't, doesn't, you want to take the
0: advantage of being in that location, So by having those experiences, that experiential kind of learning, is that more like a transformation you see in people than they're able to like, you know, write better or, or, or kind of like do the goal of the, of the retreat?
1: Yeah, for sure. Because the beauty about a retreat is we can teach you the content anywhere and we can do it virtual. We could do it, you know, anywhere in the world. However, when you go away, kind of step out of your comfort zone And you put away, you're not being distracted by your life, by your phone, by your emails, by all of that. You're all in. And the experiences help inspire you, but also bring out that play and that being in the present moment, which us humans were not so good about. And so that really helps. Now, here's the thing. When the very first retreat I ever led... I realized I didn't know this before my first retreat but I realized and I observed that when you create this safe sacred space of a retreat that it just beautifully very gently allows limiting beliefs and blocked emotions and the things that's holding us back to bubble up and be released in a gentle way mm. And that's where the transformation happens. And what I like to say is on a retreat, you don't have to have a traumatic breakdown. And you don't even have to discuss it. Yet you can still have a powerful breakthrough.
0: Mm -hmm. Is that something that's inspired by like the coaching or just the environment or like the people that are there?
1: It's how you create the retreat. So a lot of times it's the environment. I've had, I'll tell you a really powerful story that will illustrate this. I had, I do an annual gifts from the gray whales retreat in Mexico, where we go hang out with gray whales that come right up to the boat and we can touch them and pet them and kiss them. And it's just amazing. And I had a woman come on that retreat one year and I didn't know her at all. She was referred by a friend who had come the year before and loved it. So she came. And she was a little reserved, didn't share much about herself, but she participated fully and she had a good time and enjoyed the retreat. And it wasn't until the final sharing circle that she told us how her husband and the family dog had died in this horrible car accident where the car just burst into flames and there was nothing anybody could do. And she was only two cars behind them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine the horror of that. Mm-hmm. And what she shared with us on that day was that on this retreat was the first time in seven years that she felt happy again. No, oh, wow. And we never even talked. I didn't even know this about her. And so when you design a retreat with powerful experiences and bring back that inner joy that we
0: all have, then you get these powerful transformations. Wow, that's incredible. That's so cool. Now, is a retreat appropriate for like all businesses or are there some that, you know, are better suited for retreats than others?
1: I think for most businesses, it probably could now if maybe if you're a, Podiatrist or a dentist or you know something like that maybe not so much, um, but if you're interested in helping your people have you know learn a better healthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? It can be, and for some businesses it may be thinking a little outside the box, but if you're in the coaching business or service industry. I mean, there's corporate retreats for team building and, you know, there's, there's church retreats, right. And there's youth retreats and there's uh, people recovering from grief or divorce. There's couples intimacy retreats. There's, you know, stepping into empowerment retreats. There's women's retreats, men's retreats. There's spiritual retreats. I mean, literally there's, there's no limit to what your retreat
0: can be. Mm, Awesome. And if you're like a coach, would you recommend like doing a retreat, like to kind of be a part of like the the things that you offer, like a once a year kind of thing?
1: Absolutely. If you're a coach and you're doing group coaching programs, or, you know, even if you're just doing one-on-one, think of it this way. Imagine traveling to one of your bucket list destinations in the world with 10 of your favorite clients and getting to do the things you've always wanted to do and getting paid well for it. It's like, why the heck not? And when you do that, your clients that come will become raving fans for life. Now, here's the difference between what happens on a retreat and what happens in one-on-one coaching, or a group coaching program, or even a like virtual, a workshop or three-day event, whatever? When you're doing all of that, you're on. You're the professional. You're, you know, doing your job. When you're on a retreat, you're sitting and sharing a meal together. You're maybe going ziplining together, and you may be the scared, the one that's nervous about that. <laughs> yeah, and they get to see you, and they may even see you in your jammies. Right. They're seeing you as a real everyday person experiencing things together. Wow. And that takes your sense of community and connection to such a deep level that how can they not want to keep working with you after that?
0: Hmm. Is it usually like an offer at the end of a retreat or is that something that's just, you know, it could be or not, or not.
1: It can be, it depends on your retreat and what your goal for the retreat is. Mm -hmm. You can certainly make an offer and it may be to come to the next retreat Mm -hmm. or it may be, Hey, that's, we've created this strong sense of community. Let's keep that going in a membership group or a mastermind.
0: Cool. Yeah, I love it. Oh, so many ideas in my head right now. <laughs> nice. Oh my goodness. So cool. So is it, um, is it something that it costs the the host a lot of money to put on a retreat? Or is that something that like the cost is usually covered by the people's fees to come to the retreat?
1: It shouldn't cost the retreat leader a penny mm-hmm. Okay, when you do it right. And that means that, and you don't even have to spend money out of your pocket to make a deposit on the venue or your hotel, whatever, you shouldn't have to spend any of your own money. And and I I do hear people saying, well, I could never afford to get started. Well, you don't, you shouldn't pay for it. Then there's some tricks to getting it. Like when you first announce your retreat, yes, you have everything figured out and maybe the hotel is asking for a deposit before you announce it. But you're a year out. So you say, look, I'd rather, can I give you a credit card that you don't charge? Right? That's one way. You know, as a guarantee. Or you say, look, I'd like these specific dates. Can you give me a first right of refusal and hold those rooms for me for two months? And as soon as I have some people booked on the retreat, I will send you that deposit. And then when you announce that you want to your retreat, you want to create some kind of like an early bird incentive, whether that's a maybe two hundred dollar discount on the retreat or maybe it's some private time with you as a bonus. But in a lot of people with the way they do this early bird is say you retreat, you're announcing your retreat in June and you're saying by August 1st you know, you have this window of this early bird discount. Well, what's going to happen is that people are going to wait till August 1st or July 31st, right? They're going to wait till the last minute, but you need that money now to pay those deposits. So instead of putting a date on that early bird, say for the first three people who book this retreat, Mm -hmm. I've gotten emails like within an hour of sending out that promo email, Am I the, still in the first three? Can I get in on that? <laughs> it's like, yes, you can.
0: In fact, so all you six can. of you can.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I actually don't. I am really holding to the three. Yeah. But, you know, if two booked at the exact same moment, sure, of course, before mm-hmm. I had a chance to change that price. But yeah, you want that sense of instant urgency. And then, wow, I have, and then you could even give a pay in full bonus. Mm. Right. So that, you know, if two people pay in full, as soon as I announce it, great, then I can pay my deposit to the venue. Hmm.
0: Do the retreat leaders typically like make money from the retreats, too, or is it just kind of to cover the cost of them going in the experience?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked that question, Mm -hmm. because I see a lot of retreat leaders doing just what you said. I just want the free trip. I just want I don't want need to make any money. You should make money <laughs> there's no reason why you shouldn't make money. You should always build it so that you do make money on this. Now here let's just do I, I'm not a math person, but do some basic numbers. If your retreat, a week-long retreat, is three thousand dollars, and your expenses are seventeen hundred I'm going to pull up my calculator because this doesn't work, and numbers don't work in my brain so much but so it's three thousand minus seventeen hundred. That's thirteen hundred dollars. That's your profit. And if you've got ten people, that's thirteen thousand people. If you had twenty people, that's uh, twenty-six thousand dollars. Mm, yes. And yes. what if you led four retreats a year? That would be pretty that's great. over a hundred thousand dollars in profit from going and playing in your favorite location with your favorite clients, doing your favorite things.
0: (laughs) I know. Awesome. <laughs> yes, I know. Retreats have always been very attractive to me. I've I've been to forty seven countries, and like mm. I just I love travel, and I see so much transformation when travel you yes. have travel, and I've really missed it the last few years. So has right. the last few years really infected, like impacted your business and like the, the retreat industry.
1: Yeah, totally. Obviously, uh, people haven't been, have been nervous about traveling for for obvious reasons yeah. and lockdowns and so on. Um uh, in a normal year I lead 4 to 6 retreats a year. Mm-hmm. But in the last 2 years I led one. Wow. But ama- one each year. But the amazing part was I was able to lead Yeah, that that's retreat. great. and it was out of the country. It was in the Bahamas. And and that retreat, I normally have 20 people on, but we went with smaller numbers, like the first year was eight people and last year was 12 people. So, but still people were, and the beauty was we stayed at this kind of all-inclusive retreat center. We didn't, and the boat that we went out with, that was about swimming with wild dolphins is docked right at the retreat center. So we never had to leave once we oh, were there. And to get into the Bahamas, you either had to be vaccinated or have a negative COVID test. Mm -hmm. So once we got there, we knew everybody was in this COVID-free bubble, which was such a relief.
0: Yeah. Well, the good for you for being able to do it the last couple of years. That's awesome. And now are you seeing a lot more people interested in traveling? There's a lot more places opening up. That's more retreat centers are opening up again. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to come
1: back to this because I also want to mention That I did do a pivot in in April 2020, I led my very first virtual retreat, which was taking as many experiences as possible from a live retreat into a virtual format, not just a workshop, not just all PowerPoints, but bringing in some improv games and some community building activities and movement and things like that. So it's a, a more whole body experience. And what I learned after I led the first one was like, how come I haven't been doing this the entire time? <laughs> because a virtual retreat is usually a very lower priced item. So mm-hmm. if I do a one-day, six hour virtual retreat, I charge 197. So it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's a great way to take somebody who's been on your email list that has never purchased anything from you right. to becoming a paying client. Mm-hmm. And then that know, like, and trust factor goes much higher after the retreat is over. And it's a perfect way to then tee up your live retreat.
0: Awesome. I love it. So are the people on, that come to your tr- retreat, do they usually know each other before or are they they brand new to each other?
1: I'll oftentimes, I mean, sometimes somebody will bring their, their spouse, their partner, a friend, mm-hmm. uh, you know, their, their adult daughters kind of thing. But most people don't know each other yet. It always works out that it becomes this beautiful aligned group. I mean, and I just led two weeks ago, I got back from my gray whale retreat in Mexico and I had eight people and there was a friend of mine who came on it and he had come on that retreat several years before. And he said at the end, he says, I didn't expect to laugh so much (laughs) because the group just really gelled and there was so much play and laughter and silliness that it was just really beautiful to watch.
0: Oh, that's so fun. I love it. Well, um, you've got me excited about retreats again. Nice. <laughs> nice. So now you have two podcasts. So I want to shift to the behind the mic segment of this. Yeah. And you know, I didn't even know you had two podcasts until we started talking before this show. So this is great. Right. Um, so tell us a little bit about the two different podcasts and what they're each about and and what you can expect for as a listener.
1: Yeah, sure. So the first one is transformational travel. And one, as you were talking about all your travels, I need to have you as a guest on my show. (laughs) And that is all about It's I'm interviewing people who have had powerful life-changing experiences through travel. Now that travel could be spending time at an ashram in India. It could also mean having a powerful aha moment, walking in the park down the street from your house. So there's some really fun interviews on there. And I love talking to people about what they've learned and how their eyes, their mindset, their perspective has shifted through travel. So that's one. The second one is called Dolphin and Whale Tales, T-A-L-E-S. And it's all, a lot of it is some of them are interviews. Most of them are just me talking and sharing the wisdom that I have learned through my observation and time with, as well as directly received in meditation through with the whales and dolphins and how that they're teaching us how we can live a better life. Mm, I love that. So that's that's a fun one too.
0: Have you always been involved in travel or was this, is this like a new, a new kind of business for you in the last few years?
1: Well, I've always loved travel. My, my history is kind of weird. I, I studied biology and zoology mm. and animal behavior in university. Well, I worked cool. <laughs> as a zookeeper. I trained animals, wild animals, to go out and do school educational outreach programs to teach a respect for wildlife. And then I also trained animals, wild and domestic, for movies and television oh, cool. for over 20 years. So animals have always been the theme. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. Throughout. See why the dolphins and whales. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And I grew up boating in the Pacific Northwest. My dad had a boat. I grew up watching the orca whales. And then I got hired on a, a film that was shooting in Panama that hired a local indigenous tribe as the actor's. And so I got to spend time with them and visit their villages, which they're still traditional villages deep in the rainforest, only accessible by dugout canoe. And I just fell in love with who they are as a people. And as fate would have it, I married one of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's obviously a whole other story. <laughs> um, but his village survived on tourism. And when I moved down there to be with him, I, I mean, obviously there's not much of a film industry in Panama, mm-hmm. so I couldn't really continue that career. And so I realized that people that came to the village to learn about the tribe were fascinated by me, be- me being married into it. And then my perspective as an insider and outsider. So I started working in tourism and being a freelance tour guide and then started my own website to take people out to the village And then I'm like, I'm in this country with two oceans 50 miles apart. What species of whales and dolphins are there here? And how do I get out to see them? And I found that nobody was doing whale watching in the entire country. And it's one of the easiest places in the world with humpback whales that come from both the Northern and Southern Hemisphere to breed and give birth. And so I literally pioneered the whale watching industry in that country. Mm. And as I was doing the day tours, pardon the pun, I wanted to dive deeper into connection with my clients, as well as really get into the spiritual aspect of connecting with the dolphins and whales. That's when my retreats were born in 2007.
0: Oh, so cool. Wow, what a fascinating story. That's so interesting. <laughs> I love hearing everyone's story is how they got yes. to where they are. It's always right. not necessarily a straight line. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But well, but it's been great, great fun. So now is is uh, whale watching still a tourist tourism activity in Panama? It is. I no longer live there, mm-hmm. but there are many people. Boat owners,
1: and I trained a number of tour guides, and so there are people that are doing it now. Yeah, oh, that's so
0: cool. Yeah, <laughs> so your stake to claim was inventing to wheel tours in Panama. I love it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So now, before we let you go, any last words for our um, listeners that maybe like, oh, have been inspired by either going on a retreat or maybe leading one of their own? Any mm-hmm. words for them?
1: Yeah, for sure. And I, you mentioned earlier about, you know, are people traveling now? And, and we, I wanted to answer that before we get into the last words. And that yeah. is, yes, people are. Um, I actually have four retreats scheduled for this year. My last one, the Grey Whale, was sold out with eight people at a smaller number. My next one is in June. And it is almost sold out. And that's going to be 20 people. I just have a wow. few spots left on that. I have an orca retreat in the Pacific Northwest. That one is half full. I have uh, swimming with humpback whales in French Polynesia in October. And that one is half full. That sounds
0: amazing. (laughs) People are interested in traveling. Yes. Mm, That's great. That's good to hear. It's good to hear that, you know, that could be something I think you'll put on hold for a little while there. (laughs) Right. right. It, It can be done.
1: Um, you know, sometimes there's some testing that needs to be done, but we just figure that in.
0: Yeah. One last question on that before I let you answer your last your okay. last final words. No, do you recommend people go to where the retreats can happen first before they lead the retreat there?
1: Ideally, yes. So you have firsthand experience in that area, but it's not required. I have led retreats in areas that I had never been before. But then you look for a local kind of coordinator or somebody that can be your on hands where you can ask them, well, how close is it to the grocery store? How do we get to restaurants? You know, what's a really fun local activity to do rather than just doing it all on the internet?
0: Mm, cool, love it. And my last question, another another last, but last, last, last question. Uh, are you going to do more virtual retreats? Was that a success? Did you like doing those? I love those. And absolutely, I am
1: continuing to do virtual retreats to prime the pump and set people up and then invite them to the live retreats for sure. Love those. Yes.
0: Very cool. Okay, now you can ask the other question. (laughs) Okay, the
1: last words are, so as I mentioned earlier, how I saw how on my very first retreat, how these beautiful transformations that happen kind of organically when it's a beautifully well-set-up retreat. So I know that not everybody's going to come on a whale and dolphin wisdom retreat. That's just, you know, my flavor of retreats. But when I can empower you to lead a transformational retreat, I see it as spreading this beautiful wave of transformation, like the ripple effect around the world that just consider the impact in my story about the woman whose husband died. If you can make that kind of impact in the lives of your clients, why not?
0: Yeah. Why not guys? Why not? <sighs> yeah. I love it. Well, and thank you so, so much. This has been so great to learn more about what you're up to and how retreats can really help transform businesses and just the transformation of the people in your business and your clients and your colleagues. And yeah, I just love it. Um, I'm so glad that retreats are coming back and we're back in business. Now yes. we can look forward to traveling again <laughs> and phew, we can do yes. it. <laughs> yes, we can. Awesome. And um,
1: do you want to share the free gift that I have? Sure. Yes, please. So I have, and you I'm sure you'll put this the link in the show notes, yeah. and that is I have a, a guide, the top 10 strategies to fill your retreats, because I know that that is probably the number one fear about leading retreats. Mm-hmm. So we'll make that available to everybody who goes to that link.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Anne. That's awesome. We'll make sure we put those links to that in the the show notes for you all. Listeners, Amplify You family, thank you so much for tuning in today. This has been so great to hear Anne's wisdom, wisdom from her retreats. And I just uh, would love to hear uh, from you guys. Are you interested in retreats? I'm thinking about putting together a podcasting retreat. Would love to know what your thoughts are on that. So hit me up in a message in the comments, and we look forward to chatting with you again. Thanks, Anne, so much for today.
1: thanks for having me and I just want to say podcasting is a great way to attract people to your retreats and I have had people come from my
0: podcast that join my retreats so it's a perfect combination yeah that's a great that's awesome a great call to action from your podcast join our retreats right because that's what your podcast listeners want is that next step in getting to know you and so what a great way to do that Awesome. Thanks so much, Anne. We'll take care. Talk to you soon. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.